Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. I really believe that God is up to something, though. I believe He's doing something profound in all of our lives and our hearts in this time, this generation. I believe that God is doing something that He's already um, planned in His heart that He'd do. He's excited about what's taking place on our planet. You might say, well, what do you mean by that? There's a lot of bad going on. Yeah, there's a lot of bad going on, but He's not ignorant of it. He's with us. There's another in the fire. He's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. There's nothing that takes Him by surprise. He's an incredible God. He's everywhere present. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He knows everything about us. There's nothing that we need to worry about in our lives that he doesn't already know about. He knows about our shortcomings. He knows about our success. He loves the fact that when we are successful, he loves it when we also come to him and are honest with ourselves, honest with him and honest with others. You see, God wants to do miraculous things in your life. He wants to do miraculous things in and through your life. He wants to change the way things are when you walk into a room. You manifest God's presence and His glory when you walk into a room. It's almost like when you walk into a dark room and you've got a torch, that that little bit of light sometimes exposes everything. I was walking around last night. It was quite late. and We've had our nieces staying with us. And I grabbed my um, phone and I just turned on the light. It was quite dark. But it's amazing how much light penetrates darkness. God's up to something, and he wants to shine his presence in and through you. You know you're actually more capable of being who God created you to be than what you realize. There actually, there's nothing um, boring. There's nothing that's not special about who you are. When God created you, he created you in his image. You have his DNA as a part of your life. You cannot help but being creative or being a pioneer when you have God's DNA in your life, when you're created in His image, He didn't create a mistake. He didn't cause you to be something that you're not. It's our own perspective of ourselves. And thank you so much. What a great message around our communion this morning. It's our stinking thinking that limits us from being all that God created us to be in our lifetime. You were born, as I said the other week when we were preaching about culture, to make manifest the glory of God, which is in each one of us. Thank you, Nelson Mandela. And our shrinking back doesn't do any justice to who he is. He's a magnificent God. And I don't know if you realize it, but the world is not looking for boring or plain. The world is not looking for a form of gray. If we believe what we believe, that Jesus Christ is the answer to mankind's problems, then surely we want to shout it from the rooftops. Why do we feel so timid? Why do we shrink back from the things that God's asked us to be when he said, you're here to be salt and light? bringing out the God flavors in the world. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Why would we shrink back from what he's asked us to do and be? It's because of the perspective we have of our own self. Romans 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That loop that runs around our minds, it says that we're not good enough, that we shouldn't, that we can't. And who are you anyway? I have this thinking that goes around in my heart. And in my mind sometimes, and it's like this, I think about inside me there's this greatness. There's nothing to laugh about, thanks so much. <laughs> Does anybody ever feel the same that you, for, for some reason, I get out of bed at times, and well, I, maybe it's just me, but I get out of bed and I feel like inside me there is something of greatness that I'm meant to change the world. 
I can't explain it at times. I don't understand it at times. And sometimes I don't know how to articulate it. But I feel like I'm called to change the world. I'm called wherever I go to make God's name great, just like you are. I can't explain it sometimes. And it's not about having an unhealthy perspective of myself. I believe it's because I've got the DNA of who God is in my life. I have his gene in my life. Last week, Rachel preached a great message about throwing off stuff off of our lives that limit us and getting our stuff together so we can be who God's created us to be. About actually allowing our lives to get together and allow God to bring wholeness in our lives so that we can actually declare to our generation now how amazing God is because others follow us. It says in the Psalms that one generation will commend to another generation your mighty works. I don't want to be guilty of no mighty works. I don't want to live just a happy life, a successful life. I want to live a significant life. I'm on the planet for X amount of time and I want to make it count. I'm no different to you. I'm the same as you. I battle the same challenges that you face. I get out of bed every day and I look at my bank balance. Not that that's the first thing that I do. I get out of bed and I look at my incredibly muscular body and I go, wow, what a triumph, God, incredible. I get up and I look in the mirror and I look at myself and I realize, you know what, there are a bunch of things I'd like to change because I'm not happy with them because I want to mess with what God created. I'm like you when I think about I can't. I'm like you when I get out of bed and I think I shouldn't or why should I? There's every reason that we should and there's every reason that we should not not embrace who God's called or created us to be. See, God's kingdom and his culture, as I was speaking about a couple of weeks ago, it's a freeing culture. It's an expanding culture. It's a culture where we live light. We don't live under the opinions of others and other people, but we understand his opinion of us, that we're forgiven, that we've been transformed by his grace and what Christ did at the cross, which we've just celebrated. It's a culture of pioneering, and pioneering is a part of God's kingdom. In my short life, I've been, been surrounded by some of the most incredible pioneering advancements in history. I can still remember, as a very, very, very small me, sitting in a high chair watching the man on the moon. I know you look at me and you go, how can that be? It's just not possible. Matt, I understand. I saw those thoughts. But I can still remember man walking on the, on the moon. I, some of the medical advancements that we've seen in my lifetime, a short lifetime, the technological technological advancements that we've seen. I think about what Bill Gates has brought to the world, what Steve Jobs has brought to the world. I think about transport. That was my grandfather that saw planes fly. I think about the breaking of the sound barrier, Chuck Yeager. I think about humanitarian reform, Dr. Martin Luther King. I think about space travel, the man on the moon. I think about space travel for every person through Richard Branson, Virgin Galactic. I think about social action, Mother Teresa, and I think about political reform, and I think about Nelson Mandela. What do these guys have in common? They have in common the fact that they're pioneering something. They're pioneers of our day and of our, our, our lifetime. But the, the Christian church, and through the Christian church, through the centuries, some of the world's most influential pioneers we've seen. Our heritage in pioneering and the pioneering spirit starts, I believe, with the Apostle Paul. Paul almost single-handedly opened up the entire ancient Gentile world to the message about Jesus. 
going against the flow of the day, Paul planted churches among Jews and Gentiles. Paul's influence can still be felt today as we read the letter of the Christian church in Romans, where he tells of what motivated him, both ministry and mission. Romans 15 verses 19 to 21 in the message translation reads like this. I have trailblazed a preaching of the message of Jesus all the way from Jerusalem far into the Western Greece. This has all been pioneer work, bringing the message only into those places where Jesus was not yet known and worshipped. My text has been, those who were never told of him, they'll see him. Those who have never heard of him, they'll get the message. Paul was inspired and driven by a passion, the passion of a pioneer, the anointing of God which is upon his life. Our God, the creator of the universe, is one of the most profound pioneers that we would ever read about in history. Pioneering is part of his DNA, but it's not just restricted to the first book of the Bible. In Genesis, repeatedly we see God doing new things for the very first time as we read Scripture. Throughout history, that same spirit has inspired Christians who have altered the course of history. What about you? What is it that you are called to do in your lifetime? We're all called to build the church. Not all of us can be pastors, prophets, uh, apostles, teachers, and evangelists. We're called to build the church wherever we go. We're all called to pioneer something of God's greatness in our workplace, in our day, in our generation. You might say, well, you don't understand. I'm called to business. That's right. You're called to pioneer God's kingdom through business by making his name great in your business ventures, by allowing God to pioneer through you. Throughout history, some of the most incredible Christians have inspired and shaped the course of history. I think about Martin Luther, that the just shall live by faith. John Wesley, an incredible evangelist, a man of prayer. George Mueller, who instituted Europe's first orphan house. William Wilberforce, the overthrow of the practice of slavery. David Livingston, the missionary to Africa. William and Catherine Booth, the Salvation Army. There are many ways to describe what it means to be a pioneer. But a pioneer is somebody who breaks through on behalf of themselves and on behalf of those that follow. That's what we're called to do. We're called to blaze a trail and light this place up, baby. And make God's name famous. We're called to let His light shine when we walk into the Maccas and we see somebody that's fumbling with their, their card and can't pay for their food for their kids, and we just go, I'll do that. We're called to let God's name be famous. The dictionary defines a pioneer as the following, a settler, a colonist, a colonizer, an explorer, a trailblazer, a discoverer, to develop, to introduce, to resolve, to start, to launch, to instigate, to initiate, to take the initiative, to take the lead, and to, to be a spearhead, and to institute to establish, to give birth, and to originate, to set in motion, to create the foundation of, break new ground, set the ball rolling, and make the first move. When I think about that, it's just like I go, oh man, that's right. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be his ambassadors, his forerunners. Jesus was the forerunner. For us, he modeled a way for us We see David was a forerunner of Christ. 
We're called to be pioneers, to create breakthrough for ourselves and for others. I believe that we're called to break through and to be a breakthrough church, to impact and change the generations with something of the reality of who Christ is, to continue to see established a strong city church or a strong church and churches here at Life Source that are prophetic and contemporary in nature and outward in its focus. A church that loves God, that's dedicated to growing spiritually and dedicated to helping others. That's what we're called to be. That's who life source is. It's part of its DNA. Genesis 1.27, it says this. It says, so God created man in his own image. In his image, he created them. The breakthrough DNA is a part of who we are, and it's a part of who God is. I don't know if you realize, but it's part of one of the names of who God is. Part of his characteristic. Part of his character. He's Jehovah Parazim, the Lord of the breakthrough. We read about that in 2 Samuel 5.20 and Micah 2 verses 13. No matter what you might be surrounded with right now and the reasons why you think you shouldn't believe or you couldn't be a pioneer or pioneer again, and that it's over for you, I want to tell you today that it's not over. It's not over again. I believe as I've been praying about today, I've been thinking about this season, this incredible time that we have to get the incredible privilege that Rachel and I have to come on staff and to be part of an amazing team. I know that this room is filled with people and you have dropped the dream. You've dropped the desire to want to because of things that have happened. There are people in this room here and you've had incredible ideas, but you thought, well, who am I to speak up? Who am I to try and step out? You are every person to try and want to step up and step out. You and I are called to be pioneers for Christ. But I want to tell you, I understand I understand the reasoning and the thinking that says that you shouldn't and that you can't and why should you? I believe that God is wanting to release fresh creativity upon us today, a fresh anointing to empower us and you and I together to be all that God has created you and I to be. Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation will commend your works to another. They'll tell about your mighty acts. There are people here today and you've lost the want to. You've become discouraged. You've lost the courage to want to pioneer or step out, as I said before, because you've become brokenhearted, because you tried and it failed. How many times did Edison try and create the light bulb? How many times did they try to break the speed of sound? How many times did they try to map the human gene? How many times did they try to conquer different nations for, for God's kingdom? Let me tell you what, there are people here that, and you feel like because things have happened and you've experienced failure in your lifetime, where things didn't go quite as you'd planned. Maybe you sit here today and you've, you've suffered and walked through a broken marriage, a broken relationship, a breakdown of a family, where you live in a place where you have estranged children, or maybe you've been in a place of bankruptcy. I want to tell you it's time to pioneer again. It doesn't matter what your surroundings look right now. It matters who we look to and through. When we lift up our hands and when we begin to worship, something happens. We take our eyes off of ourselves and we lift up our heads and we put them on who God is. That he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. All that you can ask, think, dream or imagine. In Mark 8.22, we read the story of, of Jesus healing a blind man. I love this story because it paints the picture of often how I have felt or how I feel at times. Here's a man that Jesus is led to, to pray for. He, Jesus prays for him by taking the man outside of the village, the, the scripture says. And I'm not going to read just for the sake of time this morning. But Jesus takes this man outside of the village and he spits, takes the 
dirt off the ground, puts it in the man's eyes. I mean, I'd have been wondering, what the hang's going on? Let's just face it. If somebody came up to you and said, you've got a problem, I'm just going to spit on the ground, grab some dirt and put it on you. How would we feel today? Germs. (laughs) Where's the squeezy, rubby, handy stuff? You know, the in a bottle. What I love about the story is, and if you go with me, just listen. Is Jesus, he prays for him and he puts his hands and his fingers in the man's eyes after he spit and rubbed the dust together causing mud. And he says to him, what do you see? Our instant reaction would be, if somebody put mud in my eyes, how would I see? It would be rather blurry. The man replies this, I see men walking around like trees. How did he know what trees looked like? How did he know what men looked like? I want to propose to you today is that that man could once see. But for whatever reason, he had lost his sight. He lost the ability to see what was in front of him. He lost the ability to see what he loved. He lost the ability to see where to go. Jesus comes on his scene, on his, on his, in, in his world, and he brings something that's transformational. Something changes for this man. Jesus, it says that he prays for the man again, and he sees. What about you and I today? What is it that we've lost sight of and that things are blurred and we fail to see the endless possibilities that are in front of us for Christ? You might say, yeah, you're pretty excited this morning, Adrian. Apps are flipping lootly. Well, because I understand what God's saying. He's declaring to us it's time to rise, church. It's time to believe again, church. It's time to pioneer again, church. It doesn't matter what your age, what your nationality, what your standing in life, what your profession. God's saying, I have birthed and I've placed in you my DNA in a dream that you can be what I've created you to be. There are people in here, you have business ideas that are profound, but nobody's doing it. God wants to birth it in and through you. There are people in this room today where you have suffered the loss of a broken relationship. God wants you to begin to dream again. God, when he created you, he never planned that you would be alone. He created us to do life in families. He created us to not do life alone. There are people here today, you've lost the dream because of things that have happened, because of what people have said to you. And God's saying, I want to bring something and birth something that's fresh in you. doesn't matter about the disappointment, the discouragement, the brokenheartedness, the hurt, the bitterness. God wants to turn things around, even if they're not quite as you planned. I wonder how Gideon felt when the angel of the Lord turns up in Judges 6, 12 to 14. The angel of the Lord turns up and he appears to Gideon and he says this. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's Gideon, if you read the story. And I'd encourage you to do so in Judges 6, Judges 5. He's doing the right thing in the wrong place. He's thrashing out wheat in a wine press, providing for his family. Things aren't quite as Gideon had planned that they would be, I'm sure. They were living in a place of containment, a place where they couldn't live freely as they wanted to live. His response is to the, to the angel, who, me? 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 And right now you say the same thing. Who, me? 
God comes to you and he says, I'm with you, mighty son, mighty daughter. Verse 13 of chapter 6, it says, Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord was with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? He goes on and the angel says to him, he says, go in the strength you have. How do we reactivate? How do we re-engender the spirit of pioneering? It's a choice. It's a choice to stand up and to say, yes, I'm willing and I'm available. I want you to use me. We read in 1 Timothy 4, 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by, pro- by, prophesy, by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the elders. You were born for such a time as this. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 to 7. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying of hands, for God has not given you a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're going to stir this thing up. We're going to remind ourselves again, like it says in Romans 12, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. What would happen if we all walked out of this place today with an understanding and a fresh knowing that we're called to this thing? We're God's favorites. He looks at you and he smiles. He doesn't go, oh, gosh. Oh, no. He goes, that's my boy. That's my girl. That's my son, that's my daughter. I am proud of him. When I hear Aaron talking about his kids today, you know, proud heart, big heart. Thank you, Jesus, great dad. He walks out of here with a knowing, wow, proud. That's how God looks at you. He looks at you and he goes, you're an irrepeatable miracle. You can do this. But you need to stir it up. I can't stir it up for you. You've got to stir up the God-given gift upon your life. There are people in this room here today, you're called to write songs. There are people here, you're called to paint. There are people here, you're called to literally release creativity in your sphere of life. There are people here that God wants to empower afresh today, but we've got to start to stir up the God-given gift upon our lives. The next thing we need to do is we need to strengthen our feeble hands. I don't know about you, but I feel really weak at times. I feel that what's in my hand is not very much. But when God brings his awesome upon my possible, it becomes profound. Because he's able to do the things that I can't do. All he asks is for me to step up and step up onto the plate and realize that it's my turn to bat. He's already done it, that all of heaven backs me and we're in for a home run. Now, it may not actually happen as we desire it to happen right now, but God is for us and he's not against us. Isaiah 35 verses 2 to 4 says this. It says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Man, I tell you, there are times when I feel like I've got feeble knees, that my knees are knocking. Do I have any friends? Come on, I'm sure I do. Strengthen your feeble knees. Say to those that are fearful hearted, be strong and don't fear. Behold, your, your God will come with vengeance and with the recompense of God. He will come and he'll save you. When we read that scripture that talks, when it talks about, it says, strengthen your weak hands. It's talking about what we do. We need to strengthen what we do. God wants to strengthen what we do. He wants to strengthen what we do through worship. This is how we fight our battles. 
This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles with praise. I want to think about, the, about Jericho and the children of Israel walking around, how crazy must have looked. But how did they fight their battle? They went with a song of praise and God brought the walls down. We strengthen our hands with our worship. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Micah 8 verse 6 says, Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people, sorry, Nehemiah 8 verse 6 says, Then Ezra blessed the, the Lord, the great God. Then all the peoples answered, Amen, Amen. While lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads and they worshipped the Lord. The next thing that scripture talks about is making firm, feeble knees. Our knees, talks, our knees talk about where we go in life. God wants to strengthen where our feet tread, where we find ourselves planted, where we find ourselves walking in life. We strengthen where we go through prayer. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. God wants to make your journey a straight one. Yes, there are going to be curves and, and things in life, but he wants it to be a straight path. When I come to him and I say, God, I really need your help, I, I commit my way to you and I trust in you with all my heart, own heart. What I'm saying is I'm not going to carry the burden of life on me. I was listening to actually Robert Morris when he was talking about the scripture and he said, you know what, sheep were never created to carry burdens. We weren't created to carry the burden of life on our own. We strengthen our feeble knees through prayer by lifting up our need to who He is, and He brings strength to our going. We weren't meant to carry the burden on our backs as His sheep. We were meant to roll the burden off and leave it with Him. Not to tell Him the reasons why we can't, but to, to declare to Him, You said we can. I don't know what to do with this business dealing. Lord, help me. Guide me. Give me the words to say and when the hour when I need them. I pray for wisdom. Thank you for your thoughts that are not my own thoughts. Thank you that you're causing me to be transformed in my thinking around this decision through the renewing of my mind. That you've given me the mind of Christ in this situation. Thank you. I roll off the burden. Hebrews 12 talks about Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the things that will entangle us. One of the things that will entangle us is the thinking that we can't and trying to carry it on our own, trying to do it on our own, whereas God wants to come and he wants to strengthen us. He wants to strengthen our feeble, what it feels like at times, need, needs. The next thing the scripture talks about, it talks about encouraging our hearts. God wants to strengthen how you think. He's for you. Joshua 1 verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? When we encourage our hearts, we do it by declaring what His Word tells us. We encourage and strengthen our hearts by allowing God's Word to dwell in our hearts richly. Somebody once said, I can tell how much you love God by the way you love His Word. It's His love letter to us. It gives us the ability to negotiate our way through life successfully all of the way, working out His plan for our lifetime incredibly. 
His word is full of wisdom. It's full of encouragement. It tells us how much God loves us, how much he is for us. It gives us incredible illustrations about how we can do things through Christ. If we allow God's word to nourish our hearts, the strength that it brings transforms the way that we think, reason, and exist. Each of us have been gifted by God to carry his presence. And we're born to make manifest the glory of God, as I said before, as his ambassadors here on earth. But I'll tell you this. We're called to pioneer again. Why don't you musicians and singers, why don't you come and join me? There are people right across this room. And as I began to speak before, I talked about you've laid down the want to. Life's got a bit hard. You were once a creative person, but right now the world feels like it's one shade of gray after another. And you can't see the wood for the trees. You can't see the color. I believe God wants to rejuvenate and re-energize you, empower you like it talks about in the book of Acts, that you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be his witnesses. To know what it is to have God's presence come upon your life afresh to begin to dream the dream. I don't want a boring life. How about you? I want to be all that God's created to be to be in my lifetime. Inside of you is greatness. Inside of you is the DNA of a pioneer. And for whatever reason, maybe you're the business person that for whatever reason things have gone wrong and things went bad. And maybe you're here today and you've suffered what is to know what is to walk through bankruptcy. It doesn't mean that it's over. It's not the final sentence. Maybe you're in a broken relationship right now. It's not the final sentence. If God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do, we're in for the best life yet. But our job is to pioneer a way, to blaze a trail and to break through on behalf of others, our children. It's time to break through as parents. Come on. The world needs to see some sort of solidity in the family. It's time to pioneer a new way in parenting. Not that there is any new way other than if we bring up our children in the ways of God, when they are old, they won't depart from it. If we bring up our children with a love for God's house and a love to worship Him, what's going to happen? They're going to be worshipers. They're going to want to fill His house. If we show and if we model what it is to love those who are down and out, the wayward, those that would live in the gutters, those that would live in you know, some of the most opulent places in the world, but if we would love them with integrity, knowing that we're called to be who Christ has called us to be, being His reflection here on earth. If we allow Him to come and bring and turn up the heat upon our lives and allow us to fall in love with Him again, or everything else just didn't, if it just paled into insignificance in comparison to knowing, wow, God, you're incredible. Well, we couldn't help but get to church because God was going to do something. We couldn't wait to break open His Word because He wanted to speak to us. We couldn't wait to begin to get out of bed and begin to pray in tongues and unleash the Spirit of God in our lives and, and encourage ourselves in God. And as we walk out the door, we don't see the, the impossibility or the reasons why we can't. We see the reasons why we can. We're called to pioneer again, church. We're called to begin to raise the bar. We're called to raise the heat in the place. We're called to fall in love with God and transform the world. We're called to make His name great. You are called to pioneer. It's a part of your DNA. I don't know what's going on in your world today, but I know that God put this in my heart weeks ago. When I thought about culture, when I thought about DNA, when I thought about pioneering, there are people here today, and you know this is you. And God's got His finger, and He's putting it 
he's putting it and it's uncomfortable and it's almost like how does he know I don't know a thing but he does that's the beautiful thing about God is he takes us on this amazing journey through life of inclusion inclusivity with him where we understand that we're created more than just flesh and blood spirit soul and body called to make his name great to be his ambassadors if I was to say to you today I want to pick you somebody you're now the ambassador for Australia how would you feel probably think for one minute oh my goodness but then you think that means I can go and represent my nation we get to represent his nation here on earth at the cross, his body is broken that we might have healing and wholeness in every part of our lives, not a figment of our imagination. But the God, the God that we create, are created in his image and who we serve says that God is with those who heal you. He's with the medical profession, the incredible skillfulness of their hands, the wisdom that they have, the ability that they have to problem solve. He guides them whether they know it or not. But apart from that, he can do the miraculous. He can make dead things live. He can cause sickness and disease to be eradicated. He can cause cancers to fall off of people's bodies. He can turn things around where there is no way possible. He can turn a person who's in bankruptcy into a success. Because he wants what he wants to do and bring through your life. Would you stand with me right now? There's two things I want to do. First and that is this, if you know that you are here and you are called to pioneer again and you've laid it down and I, it doesn't matter why, what matters is that you catch what I'm saying, what God's saying to you today, that He wants you to be all that He's created you to be in your lifetime, but He wants you to stand up again and say, oh, I want to pioneer again. Right across this room, business people, family people, individuals, young and old, the sick, the whole. God wants to pioneer in you again. The creative person, where you feel like people don't understand how you think, God wants to pioneer through you again. The songwriter, God wants to pioneer through you again. Whoever you are, wherever you are, God sees and He knows. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.